2: Another day, right? Thursday. Here we are. Wow, what a day it's been so far. And it's only, well, it's only 2 o'clock in the afternoon here. Unnecessary roughness. Radio Nation Radio 920. Demon Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Coming off the heels of JT The Brick Show. He's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio today. And man, I don't know (laughs) know if we're going to have any more fireworks. The 4th of July passed a long time ago. But man, there's been a lot of fireworks today when it comes to the silver and black. I remember there was a time going into, I think I want to say going into training camp when we started getting to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and we were able to talk to the players. And I remember talking to multiple players and saying, man, isn't it going to be nice to just be able to focus in on football and be able to focus in on just going out and winning a bunch of games and this, that, and the other. And this season was going to be one of those seasons that we were going to remember for you know all the great things that were going to happen with all the new talent that was there, new coaching staff, new regime. I remember myself talking about 10 wins, 11 wins, definitely got to make the playoffs or it's a, it's a bad season. Of course, it didn't get off to the start, and it, has, it hasn't been where it needs to be at all. They're 2-6, and six and welcome in the Colts. And right when I think it couldn't get any crazier, today happens. Today has just been bizarre. It's been wild. Of course, a lot of news that we get comes through Twitter. And with all the new rules and regulations that go on on Twitter these days, you have to triple-check and quadruple-check. And there was a time today where I looked around looking for a camera, thinking I was getting punked. There were so many things going on today when it comes to the silver and black. And, you know, even my mom texted me earlier today and was like, wait, this happened? And this happened? Yep, yep, it all is true. So here we are, Raider Nation. The next three hours, we've got a busy show for you. Very fired up about the show. Can't wait to get into the teeth of it. But just to get you caught up, just in case... Maybe you're in the job and you didn't have a radio. Maybe your phone's been dead. Whatever the case may be. Hunter Renfro, IR. Darren Waller, IR. Linebacker Blake Martinez, retired. Curtis Bolton has been signed to the active roster from the practice squad. He's a linebacker. Linebacker Reggie Raglin has been signed to the practice squad. Am I missing anything, Daman? <laughs> did, I, did, I miss did I miss
3: anything? I think you got it all covered. I i mean, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But there's still right? no time left in the day.
2: I mean, really, I'm telling you, there is still – you're absolutely right. There is still time left in the day. I, I'm telling you, if you had told me that this was going to happen uh, with this Raiders roster and you told me that November 10th, heading into Week 10 action – that this is what we're going to be talking about as far as the roster, and as many guys are going to be missing time. Renfro and Waller are guaranteed to miss at least the next four, and you know, wouldn't shock me at this point if they miss more than that. Let's just put it like that. Um, oh, Jonathan Abram, of course, he was uh, picked up by the Green Bay Packers off of waivers yesterday, so of course he's gone. You know, it's just it's one thing after the other, and it's just it's it's like the hits keep coming. And Raider Nation, I got to salute you off top of the show because the hits keep coming, and Raider Nation keeps taking them. You know, and I know that nobody's happy. I see all. I see all the tweets. I get all the direct messages. I get all the text messages. I got people texting me right now asking me what's going on, and all my only response is like, "Dude, I'm on the radio. I can't respond right now. I can't respond right now." But man, it's like people just can't believe what is going on right now with the silver and black. So, oh, yeah, Jacob Hollister uh, is being signed off the Vikings practice squad. Uh, he was with the Raiders in, uh, in training camp in the preseason. Uh, he was with the silver and black then. So he's going to be returning since Darren Waller is uh, headed to uh, IR. That's from Tom Pellicero. Now, the Raiders have not made that official yet, but Tom Pellicero from NFL Network has uh, done that. And, again, uh, DeMond, I don't know if you got caught up in this, but I've got to double-check, triple-check, quadruple-check, And make sure that, you know, whatever Twitter account I'm getting any information from is absolutely verified with all this weird nonsense when it comes to the blue check mark, And, you know, as much as I think it's silly uh, with whatever Elon Musk is trying to do with Twitter, uh, he has made it an absolute mess. (laughs) Right. The only bigger mess right now is trying to figure out who's on the active roster for the Raiders and who's not. So as I mentioned, we got a big show for you. Got a lot of great guests to get to. uh, And it's crazy. As weird as things are in Vegas right now with what's going on with the Raiders, there's a lot more crazy things going on across the NFL, right? Of course, they still have all the, I want to say shenanigans, but all the, the issues going on in Indy with the team that's coming to face uh, the Raiders on Sunday and the Colts. They've got a lot of going on there still. They're trying to figure things out. And then in Washington. In Washington, D.C., there's a lot going on with Daniel Snyder and the Commanders, so we're going to get to all that on today's show at 2.30. Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Silver and Black, he'll join the show, and it's always good to catch up with Jason, and this is his first year with the Raiders. This is his first, you know, he's got eight games in the books as the voice of the Silver and Black as far as the regular season, and he's just starting to get used to who Raider Nation is, and what the Raiders are all about. And so uh, I'm sure every single game, every single week is an adventure for Jason. I can only imagine. I know him working side-by-side with Lincoln Kennedy is obviously helping him get locked in a little bit more when it comes to the Raiders. But I can only imagine what's going on through uh, Jason's head when, you know, he he had asked me. I, every time something happens, I go back to that conversation that me and Jason had during preseason and during training camp when he stood next to me uh, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and said, when was the hype? This uh when was the last time the hype was this high for the Raiders? And I said, you know, 2017, going into the 2017 season, coming off their playoff run that they had in 2016, uh, the hype was all there. They were going to make this deep run, and it didn't happen. It really the 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 great thoughts and all the plans died in week three when they were in Washington, and you know, kind of caught them up to speed on that. And then boom, here we are in 2022, and I don't, I can't tell you when the dreams of a deep playoff run died this year, but. Man, 2 and 6, 8 games in, going into week 10 and half the rosters on IR. Uh, other guys have been moved like Jonathan Abram. It's just it, it's 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 wild, man. It really is hard to actually put your your brain and wrap your mind around what is going on. So Jason Horowitz, the voice of the silver and black will join us coming up at 2:30. We continue to find out what's going on in Indy with the Colts, Kevin Bowen from one Oh seven five, the fan he's going to join the show. And you know, the thing I want to ask him Damon, is now that it's Thursday, right? It's almost time for the, the Colts to travel and head to Vegas. Now this Thursday, now that the initial shock of, okay, Jeff Saturday has been hired. Is it starting to wear off? And is it starting to become a little bit normal? Right. I mean, that's that's one of the things. And, and I don't know if it's ever going to be normal throughout the rest of the season. But I saw some of his presser from yesterday. It's been floating around Twitter. And, you know, he told a media member straight up like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to be good at this. I might not be. I might go eight games and say, you know what? Hey, God bless you. The hell with this. I'm out. I'm, I'm terrible at this. Or he might be really good. But, you know, he did, he did kind of pump up everyone, and it sounded like a lot of people in India are pretty fired up about what can happen. And even Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator, said, hey, I don't mind not being the, the, the interim head coach. I'm actually happy doing what I'm doing on the defensive side of things. And Jeff Saturday's got us all pumped up. So who knows what's going to happen on Sunday. I, I said it, and maybe I should have never said it. Maybe I should have just kept those thoughts to myself. <laughs> I said the Raiders had no business losing this game on Sunday. Now I feel like, DeMond, almost all bets are off.
3: Hold on, Q. The Raiders still have no business losing this game. And something about Jeff Saturday's comments that you said there, I appreciate the humility and being humble. But that just shows how he shouldn't have been the head coach. For him to say, hey, it could be eight games and I could just say, God bless you. You know how many people want to be a head coach in the NFL that have put in the years, put in the time? And you could just say, hey, man, after eight games, it might not be for me. I'm just saying that's a slap in the face right there. I understand that he's got to say it because on the one hand, it's like ah, he's being realistic because the coach team isn't that good. But on the other hand, it's like, come on, man, y'all gave him the job. But anyway. <laughs> I mean, I can see where you're coming.
2: I can see where you're coming from there. Uh, again, I mean, it's, it is one of those situations where he might go into it, and he might end up being really good, or he might not be. And either way you look at it, I mean, he's got the reins for the next eight games for sure. And then if he earns anything after that, then he does. If he doesn't, then so be it. But you know, he's got apparently he's got some people fired up there in Indy. So Kevin Bowen will join us at three o'clock. Uh, we'll talk all things Colts and see how everything is going. We'll get an update on Jonathan Taylor if it sounds like he's going to play on Sunday or not again. And my gut feeling tells me he will, but that's just my gut feeling. My gut feelings told me a lot this week. <laughs> and, and right now, even like you said, DeMond, the Raiders still have no business losing. It's just, you know, one hit after the other. Right now, I mean, it goes from I thought Darren Waller was probably going to miss the game to now all of a sudden Hunter Renfro is out. And Blake Martinez, the guy that we talked about quite a bit when we had Amber Theo Harris on the show yesterday, and she was like, well, I like him because at least he he tackles. He tackles. He tackles. That was the big theme. Well, now he's retired. He missed practice due to a personal day on, uh, on Wednesday, and now we know why. Obviously, he was contemplating his future, and he decided, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks, and just retired. I mean, that, I don't know. I don't know what the conversations are like inside the building. I can't sit there and tell you what led to him retiring, but, man, that tells you a lot about whatever's going on when a guy who's only been with the team for a few weeks decides, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. So so there's that. But um, Kevin Bowen, he'll he'll catch us up to date on all things Colts coming up at three o'clock at three thirty. We will turn our attention to D.C. and what's going on with the Washington football team. A.J. Perez from front office sports will join the show and the attorney general there in Washington today. And I've been kind of monitoring it pretty closely, has filed a civil lawsuit DeMond, against about everybody. I mean, just about everybody going up against the commanders, civil suit against uh, Daniel Snyder, civil suit against uh, uh, the NFL, civil suit against uh, Roger Goodell. I mean, just about everyone who's anyone uh, has gotten this civil suit uh, from the attorney general there in D.C. So we'll get to the bottom of things. I don't think that there's any coincidence at all. And you can correct me if you feel differently. I don't think there's any coincidence with this civil suit coming out that we found out, what, eight, nine days ago that. That uh, Daniel Snyder was interested in in teaming up with B of A to try to find some uh some partner or somebody to to sell some of the team or all of the team to.
3: Yeah, I just want to say shout out to the good folks of the uh what do they call DC because it's not a state, whatever that is, shout out to them, man, because they're finally doing what the NFL hasn't been able to do. And let's get Daniel Snyder out of the league. I know that the NFL has been named in this suit as well, but you know, I think they'll be able to skirt around that and push it all towards the Daniel Snyder side.
2: It does feel like that this is the one time that he's really most likely on his way out. Now, let's not get it twisted. When he gets out and he sells the team, whatever it sells for, it's going to be so much money. It's going to be such a huge. Poor rich man. (laughs) Right, exactly. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, okay, he's out and he's probably going to be upset that he sold his team or had to sell his team. But when he looks at the dollars that are in his bank account, I mean, he's already, you know, filthy rich. But on top of that, man, just to to think about what he's going to get. I mean, you remember a few years ago when Jerry Richardson had to sell the the Panthers, and he just kind of did it and was quiet about it and was like, oh, this is a bad situation. Let me just go ahead and sell. He made so much money hand over fist that he's somewhere right now. He's probably got a, a, a gold-plated gold swimming pool that he's just hanging out in front of, right? I mean, he's just out there chilling. So it's just... It's it's uh it, it's it's wild that you know it's like he's gonna be forced to sell something and, and they really aren't gonna force him to it. He's just probably gonna end up doing it. You know, but he's gonna make so much money that you know nobody feel bad for him at Chamed all. Shamed so. into
3: making seven billion dollars. Right,
2: exactly. Exactly. So A. J. Perez, Front Office Sports will join us at 4 o'clock, every single Tuesday and Thursday we have Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders Radio Network. He'll join the show and boy, I can only imagine what Lincoln's thinking right now. Man, Javon Lincoln is always very, you know, adamant about winning games. Wants to go out there and see the best product out there. Uh, always talks about you can't make the, tu- the club in the tub. And now all these guys that are missing it's just, boy, I can only imagine what he's thinking right now. I'm sure. He's not uh he's not too happy. I just saw a tweet right now. Literally, I'm looking at TweetDeck and someone just tweeted at Lincoln and said, "Would you accept the Raiders' head coaching job if offered?" Asking for a friend. So there you go. He he mentioned that on Tuesday. Remember how many people hit him up after uh after or yeah, he got a hit up on yeah. Monday after Jeff Saturday was announced as the interim head coach. So he literally just got hit up like right now. I just saw the tweet cross my uh, timeline from JFO Jordan six five two. He's got too many numbers in there. He's got way too many numbers in there. Anyways from Jordan. Jordan hit him up, so there you go. We'll ask League Kennedy about that coming up at four o'clock and then at four thirty going to make a little bit of a going to do a little bit of a, a a shift and sometimes I like to do this and and uh, we're going to talk to my good friend Matt Roberts, and you're probably thinking Matt Roberts, what's Matt Roberts going to do? Matt Roberts is actually a guy who worked in Central Texas at a TV station while I was working in Central Texas at a radio station. We both covered Baylor now he actually is the associate director of Baylor Athletics, but what we're going to talk about is Fred Hickman. Fred Hickman was a long time uh, sports. Sports uh, reporter and, and uh, uh, sports columnist and worked at CNN and worked at ESPN. And he, I mean, long time sports guy. He's done some really good things. I don't know. I didn't get to hear all of JT's show. I don't know. Did JT
3: uh, talk about Fred Demond? Um Unfortunately, no, he did not.
2: Well, I know JT had a really good story he actually shared on his timeline on Twitter yesterday uh when when Fred Fred is most famous for being the only guy that voted for Allen Iverson uh the year that Shaquille O'Neal was the was the MVP of the the, the league and if Fred had voted for Shaq like everyone else, Shaq would have been the unanimous MVP. So, Fred was the only guy that voted for AI. So, according to JT's story that he put out on Twitter yesterday, he was actually on the air talking about how that's a shame that Fred actually voted for AI, and I guess that, you know, he was probably giving on the business or whatever like that, and Fred actually called back in and they had a nice little spirited conversation, a respectful conversation, but a spirited conversation back and forth, uh, you know, about it, and then they talked again, and, and uh, JT said that, you know, he was a good friend. Well, I was never friends with Fred Hickman, but I knew exactly who he was, and I watched him a lot as I was coming up, and so I had a lot of respect for him. Well he passed away yesterday and Matt Roberts, and this is how it all comes together. Matt Roberts, who is my good friend from Central Texas, actually worked with Fred Hickman when they were covering LSU. And so one of the one of the stories that, you know, I, I actually I saw and I saw it on the on Twitter yesterday when I was, you know, reading some stuff on Fred Hickman is him reacting to Shaq on the set of TNT, a TNT's, you know, basketball with Chuck and, and, and Kenny and all them, you know, and anyway, so, so Shaq is saying they're talking about him being the, uh, MVP, and then Shaq gets mad and was like, yeah, but that damn Fred Hickman, so he kind of goes off on Fred real quick, and then all of a sudden they pan to Matt and Fred, and so, Matt starts asking him about you know Shaq and, and all that and why he, why he uh, voted for AI and didn't vote for Shaq. and anyway, a really good story. so he passed away yesterday. so Matt Roberts is going to join us at 4:30 just to kind of share his thoughts on Fred Hickman, who was a very talented uh, you know guy who's covering sports back in the day uh, and, and, and did it for a very long time it was fantastic you know it was on many different shows and I used to see him on TV uh, hear him all the time I mean he, he did a great job so uh, the sports world lost a good one in Fred Hickman, so we'll talk to Matt Roberts coming up at 4.30. And also, side note to that, uh, Baylor, the the basketball team led by Scott Drew and company, they're actually coming to Vegas in, I think, a couple weeks. And they got a nice little tournament coming here to the town, so uh, I'll, I'll briefly ask him about that as well, so that's the guest lineup that we have for you today Jason Horowitz at 2.30, I'm sure he probably knows uh, Fred Hickman as well, we'll ask Jason at 2.30 about that uh, as well Kevin Bowen, 107.5 The Fan and Indy at 3 o'clock, AJ Perez, front office sports at 3.30, Lincoln Kennedy at 4, Matt Roberts, Baylor Associate Director of Athletics at 4.30, so there you go uh, we're locked and loaded today, man. We got a lot to get to and of course we got a lot of questions that need to be answered. So let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive.
1: The opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
2: So, Raider Nation, I know that this is obviously not a fun time right now, and especially with the expectations. And I know with my expectations going into the season, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but my expectations going into the season were very high, thinking this was a double-digit uh, win team, and and that's my fault for believing that. Uh, obviously, that is not the case. And now we see all the different uh, scenarios that have gone down and all the transactions that have happened with the Raiders, uh, especially today as, the like I said, the fireworks have been massive. I just want to know at what point, At what point in this season did you feel like, uh oh, the Raiders are in trouble? Where did you start looking and starting to see that, man, this team, you know what, it doesn't, it's not really panning out the way that we thought it was going to pan out. Or maybe you're somebody like I know my guy Mike who uh, tweets at us quite a bit who never believed that it was going to be uh, a big-time season. He thought that I was uh, I was seeing something that wasn't there. And, you know, right now Mike looks like he's correct. So I just want to hear from you. I know we got a lot of guests, so we don't have a lot of time to get to a lot of phone calls. But, you know, at I don't want to say hit. The, at what point did you hit the panic button, but at what point did you start to feel like, Oh, man, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. This almost feels like 2017 all over again, right? A lot of hype going into the season, and then not to be what you thought it was going to be, right? So, Damon, let me start with you, because you're back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. At what point in this, in, this, uh, in this season did you think that it feels like stuff's starting to get off the, off the rails a little bit?
3: All right, Q, I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to that's be all I want you to do. No, no, but I, mean, like, I feel like some people, their answer could be, hey, man, after they lost to the Cardinals, that's when I knew. But for me, I had that optimism going till the Saints game. The Saints loss, that was the loss where, I mean, not passing, okay. I'll, just, I'll just say not passing midfield the entire game. I know that Stidham did it, but come on, you know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But for me, the Saints game was where, hey, man, we, we might have been wrong about this one. That's a good one.
2: No, that's, that's a good one. I'll – Hmm. That that's a great one because because again, for me
3: I still thought I had that faith. Hey, they beat the Texans, beat right. the Saints here. Jaguars coming up, right? And then the Colts, Broncos. Maybe they could go on a run. I was one of those people that hey, they could rattle off five in a row. But right. losing to the Saints, that is like okay, I don't think so anymore.
2: That was kind of that was kind of the sign that you needed right there. Was like this isn't really going to happen the way that I expected it to happen. That's a uh, that's a really good one, Damon. I like that. Uh, I'll say. You know, going into the bye, you know, obviously losing to the Chiefs, I thought, okay, you know, that's not the way you want to go. You don't want to lose and then go into the bye. Uh, but coming out, you do have some, you know, some teams that are very beatable. And I remember, you know, I used to talk to my guy, or I talked to him all the time, actually CK who does uh, sports in Fresno uh, for Fox Sports. He does a great job there. He, every week, would tell me, oh, cube, but this is that time. They're about to make that run right now. You watched, about to make that run. And I kept saying, yeah, there's a good chance. There's a good chance. I don't know, man. I I think I don't know. I, I'll even I, I won't go as man. I want to say this past loss to the Jaguars really kind of you know really made it sink in. But ah man, that's a good that's a good one, huh? It's tough for me because I feel like it's somewhere between that Chiefs loss and 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 this Jaguars loss. Because the Chiefs loss, I kept feeling like, and I you know we talked about it quite a bit on the show that. I felt like it was one that they shouldn't have lost, or at least they shouldn't have lost the way they did. Right? They should have tied the game and then gone for you know whatever four minutes they had left. And so that one kind of that that one kind of puts you down, but at the same time you feel like okay, they you know they showed a little something. something. They come out and they'll be on fire. May, maybe it was the Jaguars game because it was a seventeen point a seventeen point lead that they had again. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with this last one. I'll go with the Jaguars game and then everything that's happened this week. You know what I mean? Like, all the different transactions that have happened from Jonathan Abram being waived to Darren Waller being IR'd, Hunter Renfro being IR'd. That was was one. Darren Waller didn't really surprise me, but Hunter Renfro uh, surprised me, even though he appeared on the injury report and it looked like, okay, uh, maybe that is something there, so... Um, that's where I'm going to say that it started. To, it really came off the rails for me was following the Jaguars uh, and the fact that they lost that 17-point lead and then uh, all the transactions that started to happen following that. I think that that was the tipping point. Uh, let's go out and talk to you, though, 702-365-9200. Bledsoe, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show.
1: Dude, I knew we were in trouble when Derek didn't play the preseason, man.
2: Whoa, okay.
1: It's as simple as that. He's got to get used to contact. You know, no Mariota behind him i played quarterback, dude. You've got to be frosty. And talk about this weekend, dude. The Rams suck. Everything's up for grabs. We were 4-0 and because we got the best talent. The only change we had was quarterback and stuff. The only way you can turn things around is if you change quarterbacks. You can't win eight in a row with what we got. Make a change at the only position that matters. Quit beating around the bush. He's a great quarterback, but he can't take care of the ball.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That'll work. Thank you. Appreciate that. And look, I'll tell you with the, the talent that they have that they've lost right now, man. I mean, that's that's massive. Right. I mean, I, I came into the show or uh, came into the week saying there's no way that they lose to the Colts. And, you know, now I'm starting to second guess myself. Right. And and look, the Colts don't have a lot of talent uh, on offense, at least. I mean, they do. I should, I shouldn't say that i am take that back. They do have a lot of talent. They just don't have the pieces put together. They they don't. Their offensive line can't protect me, right? They couldn't protect anybody. They're, that's terrible. And then, on top of that, they have a quarterback that, you know, is is, is being thrown into the fire and asked to, to go out there and, and, and win games. And Sam Ellinger, even though I think he's a, a talented dude, he's not – I don't think he's ready for the NFL yet. So, they have a lot of question marks. And, of course, Jonathan Taylor, who knows if he's going to play or not. I think he will, but we don't really know. So, um I mean, if you think, and I'm, I'm saying this in, in, with all due respect, if you think Jarrett Stidham's going to run off eight wins in a row, I would, I would highly doubt that. And that's no disrespect to Jarrett Stidham. I just, he's the backup dude for a reason. So I don't, I don't think that that, you know, is really, really, uh, you know, something that's realistic. But uh, interesting to think that you thought it, it, it was coming off the rails when Derek Carr didn't play in the, in the preseason because he hasn't played in the preseason in a long time. Uh, let's talk to our guy, Rich in Oakland. Welcome to the show.
0: Uh, yeah, for me, what ended up you know having me lose all confidence in this team is, uh, along with Demond, you know, the Saints game, not being able to go past the fifty-yard line is embarrassing. You know, before the season started, we said no excuses, and I get it—the defense sucks. But the defense being twenty-seventh in the league does not mean this has nothing to do with the with Derek and the offense not being able to score. All this talent we got on offense. Another year wasted, and now we're tanking. Unacceptable, man. We're in year nine of Derek, you know, at the Raider. It's tough, man, because I was, you know, optimistic about the coaching staff and the quarterback position. But something's got to give, bro. If we get a top five pick, let's go for CJ, uh, for one of the young quarterbacks. I don't care who it is. I was going to say, you know, Ohio State, Stroud, yeah. you know, yeah. young or even Levi's, you know, anybody, man, we need a new quarterback. We cannot re-sign or keep going with Darius' contract, $35 million next year. At the end of the day, man, excuses or not, he is not a winner. He's a losing quarterback. Because I am not trying to feel like this next year. It is what it is. I'll see you, Q.
2: I appreciate the call, Rich, and I'll say this. You said a lot of things about the defense and then fired up on Derek Carr. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around. We all know that. There's a ton of blame to go around, including with D.C., including with the defense, including with, you know, guys not making plays when they're supposed to. I mean, there's there's a ton of blame, including with the coaching staff. You know, calling call certain plays, pushing certain buttons. I mean, I, let's, not, let's not stop and say that, you know, nobody, nobody uh, else shares any blame. I would say that everyone does. And, again, something that we talked about in the offseason, well, when all these, uh, these uh, contracts were put together, they were all put together with the same kind of common theme. Like, really, they had, a, 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 what did I say, DeMond, a three-year window. So, you know, you know that the, the contract that Derek Carr has, I mean, it could be, it could be this year and done. Or it could be next year, and they could get. I mean, they can get out of it anytime they want. I think if they were to bring another guy along, uh, you know, as far as another quarterback, which I think it, you know, they will. I think that um, Joshua Daniels has said so that he's going to be in the habit of drafting quarterbacks and starting to develop him. I, I don't know if there's anybody that's ready to play right away. That would obviously be the a big question to ask as well uh thank you so much for that call I appreciate you. Let's get one more call in and then we'll take a break raider fish in berkeley close us out with a good one what's on your mind brother
1: Ooh, what's not on my mind fellas but hey you know i'm here to talk people off the ledge okay because i'm on the precipice of jumping so peep it out two things let me let me just touch on two things baby number one the number 40 you was hollering numbers i like numbers Every single game, rest of the season, the goal is 40 points. I don't care if we in the league, 40. We need 40 points. Second thing, listen to this. This is just my belief. Hopefully there's others. Raider Nation, look, it's looking and sounding real dismal. But if you ever had a family member or a loved one and they kept effing up, but one day, something happened, and they got they stuff together. We can't help that. We feel this way. I can't be uh, realistic. I got to think we're going to go on 10. We got to win 10, 11 games. So, listen, every dude in that building, okay, you need to show up, show out, and holler, just win, baby, when you go
2: out. There he goes. Good stuff right there. Raider Fish in Berkeley. Fired up. Just win, baby. That's the motto. That's uh, that's what we love to see the team do um, more times than not the rest of the way. They got nine of them, including this one on Sunday against the Colts. So thank you so much for that. Uh, again, uh, just wanted to know, and you can hit us up on the text line. We got plenty of text coming in at 69187, keyword r When did you start to feel like the season was getting away from the silver and black? Let us know about it. Coming up next, the voice of the silver and black, Jason Horowitz. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
1: That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy dealers. Home of the Chevy Silverado. The strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
0: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio.
2: 232 is the time here on... Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. DeMon Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio, and we're efforting Jason Horowitz. We'll have him in just a second to talk all things silver and black as he prepares for... His game coming up on uh, on Sunday that he'll be calling with Lincoln Kennedy, who we'll also have on the show later on uh, this afternoon. About 4 o'clock we'll have him on. So uh, we got the radio broadcast crew. So excited to talk to Jason again. He'll join us in just a few minutes. We threw the question out there on the text line at 69187, keyword R&R. At what point in the season did you feel like this thing is starting to get away? From the Silver and Black, so you can hit us up at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R, and let us know about that. And joining us on the phone lines now. Is the voice of the Silver and Black, and that's Jason Horowitz. And Jason, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. I appreciate you. And I gotta ask, I know you know how what goes into it when it's you know preparing for a game. And since the game is on Sunday and it's Thursday, you've probably got your your spotting boards all set up. You got your rosters all set up. You're just ready to get into Allegiant Stadium and pin them all up on the wall so you can call the game. How much? Uh, how much editing do you have to go back and do with all the roster moves that have happened today?
4: Well, you do know there's an injury report that goes through Friday, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> generally speaking, I mean, it's not the uh, it's not the last of us. I um, I uh, I'm today is a surprising day, right? Like, yeah. usually when you think about the Darren Waller situation, when you think about the Hunter Renfrew situation. I guess the Hunter Renfro situation is an oblique issue that is obviously bad enough that they think it's going to keep him out for four games or more. So that's obviously the case. Um, the Darren Waller one, I think, is a little surprising, not because um, you know we haven't known he's been dealing with a hamstring injury, but because you know he had already missed three games. Right. So if they thought it was bad enough, maybe you wait for one, but then you know you, you know if you had, they put him on IR after that, you're talking about getting him back to the Broncos game, possibly when you see time around the Nate Hobbs comes back, possibly. So so that's surprising, especially because Darren's been practicing, too. I think that one, because he's been trying to get back as best he can. Um, and then you top it all off with a guy retiring who they brought in five weeks ago, um, who, you know, and especially now with the injury to Divine Diablo going on on IR, you see the issues of uh, clearly he was going to get more playing time. Right. And he just... You know, he just clearly has other things he, he wants to do and family first and all those other reasons that people retire. So uh, it's just been a really full, interesting day. And it also comes on the heels with just so much going into this game because the Colts just fired their head coach. Right. <laughs> and Matt Ryan, who didn't practice yesterday, was now today a full participant after the Colts had said he's not going to play the rest of the year. And Sam Ellinger is going to be the starter, and are we sure about that? Maybe Matt Ryan is going to be back. So who knows?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really bizarre, Jason. It's so funny. I kind of put it on myself. I, I a couple days ago said that the Raiders have no business losing this game on Sunday, but it really, I mean, at this point now, it's kind of like up in the air. You just don't know what to expect from either team on Sunday.
4: Well, I, why would you? Why would you know what to expect from them even before this all happened?
0: Right? <laughs>
4: right. I mean, I, I mean, all fairness, you, you put that question out there to your listeners uh, about hey, when did the season get off track? And I, I, I think most people would tell you it was week two. So Twenty to nothing lead home opener, Cardinals, yeah, a team that hey, they're 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 a team that thinks that they can get to the playoffs, twenty to nothing. They've got Kyler Murray corralled for eighty yards and a half and losing overtime, and then Hunter renfro was gone for a couple of games, and then in the first half against the Titans, Tennessee went 75 yards down the field, three straight drives. Right. So, I, I you know, I, I think that's where it felt that way, because the inconsistencies that we've heard the coaching staff talk about um, all season long have been there every game this season.
2: Nice. No, you're right. You're, you're right about that. I, I think I was giving them the benefit of the doubt with the Cardinals game as much as that was a uh, – you know, a game that should have never happened. But I thought, okay, that was that was a, a one-off, right? Like, that can't ever happen. Yeah. Well, then again, two more times, they've lost by 17. You know, they had 17-point leads, and they lost, including last week to cool. Jacksonville. What is that? I mean, what is that like? You know, talking about letting the game slip away, I know what it looks like when I'm in the press box and I start to feel like, okay, that other team is starting to catch momentum. When you're calling a game and it starts to feel like that, what what is that? Do you yeah. get, like, a, a feeling in your belly? What is that like?
4: Well, it's been different. All three have been very different, right? The yep. Cardinals, first of all, part of it is because it's my first year as the voice of a
1: team. Any yeah. team, yeah.
4: really, mm-hmm. but particularly this one. Um, so it's, each one's been different. The Cardinals was week two. It's 20 to nothing. You start to feel it slipping away, but it's slipping away in just amazing fashion. And Kyler Murray's doing things that you never see. Remember, if you go back to that, you're talking about a 20-second two-point conversion. Right. <laughs> right. Right? So yeah. there's, there's that. And, and, and even with that, Daron Harmon makes a fourth down play in overtime. Raiders have it in position. Worst comes to worst, Carlson's going to try a 54, 55 yarder, and he doesn't miss, right? So all of that sounds like it's going to be great, but it doesn't happen. And then you have that play. The, the Chiefs game, you jump out to a 17-point lead against a rival, and I'm all excited. And like, well, that Cardinals game can't happen again, and Lincoln is there nicely reminding me, hey, it's the Chiefs, hey, hey, <laughs> and then you feel it slipping away with what happened at the end of the first half. And then now I'm a grizzled veteran, right? So you get to Jacksonville and the, the second touchdown of Devontae Adams, and I'm like, but we've seen this before. Let's see how they respond. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, with 45 seconds left, the conversation that Lincoln and I said is, hey, this is exactly the same situation they were in with Kansas City. They got a field goal before halftime and got the ball to start the second half. So let's see if the Raiders can get a stop. What happens? Jackson will get the field goal before halftime and gets the ball to start the second half. So, you know, now it's just becoming the pattern.
2: Yeah, it is. And it's, it's habit forming. And it's a, it's a bad habit. It's one of those habits that the Raiders need to find a way to shake. Again, we're talking with Jason Horowitz, the voice of the silver and black here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And so, since you are new to this and you're, you're new to Raider Nation and, you know, you're obviously getting acclimated with the fans. They're meeting you at the Allegiant Stadium on Coors Light Landing and you're calling these games and you're, you're living through the, the, the heart, heart attack (laughs) with, with us. You know, each and every week you're living through it. Uh, what has it been like so far for this, uh, you know, first eight games and, and obviously nine weeks of the yeah. season.
4: I've said to some people who have asked me that over the last couple of weeks, because I, I mean, few we've talked about this before. Like, I didn't grow up a Raiders fan. The yeah. Bo Jackson thing that's kind of taken off is because that was my tie to the Raiders as a kid because I love Bo. Right. Um, as, as many people did around the country who were not from the Bay Area, and I didn't grow up a Raiders fan or anything of that nature. So I, you know, until I got that phone call on July 8th, I didn't have – I didn't have any tie to Raider Nation, I didn't, other than people I've worked with who are fans of
2: Raider Nation. Right.
4: I didn't have um, the fandom, the allegiance, any of that stuff. And as I said to Lincoln after each of these six losses, man, I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I'm guessing I feel very much the same as all of these people who have felt it before. The only difference is um, I haven't had those year in, year out for the last two decades. Right. Um, that you have, because you grew up as a fan of these teams and all of that stuff. I, so I, I you know, off of the playoff game of last year, adding Devonte Adams and Chandler Jones, there are certainly people that didn't think maybe maybe the Raiders would miss the playoffs. Maybe they'd be right on the cusp. Maybe they'd go down to Week 17, Week 18. Um, but nobody thought it would be like this. No. And so you couple it all together, the two and six that nobody saw coming, with the fact of how they've lost. At least three or four of those six games, man, I you, you'd you have to tell me more than I would. And I, it's one of my things to plan on doing on the five-hour flight Saturday. This has got to be one of the more heart, gut-wrenching seasons that this team has had.
2: It, it, it feels like it. it's funny. I, I talked about it earlier in the show that, you know, I remember going back to training camp when you asked me about, you know, how much hype has this, you know, what, what level of hype is this or when has the team ever had as much hype as they have going into this year? And I, I went back to 2017. And so I, I feel like, I feel like this season was supposed to be even better than the expectations of that season. And of course, with them only having two wins, it's really falling off the rails and, you know, gone off the tracks. And it's not, it's not what Raider Nation was expecting. It's sure not what I was expecting. No. But man, it's it's been it's been something, and so of course uh, Raider Nation is going to be at Allegiant Stadium, fired up, ready for the game. Uh, I've been saying this because you know a lot of people now, a lot of fans start looking at the you know the, the how many games are left and and uh, you know how many wins you have, and okay, well it doesn't even make sense to win anymore because you want the better draft spot. But for those guys in the locker room, Jason, how important is it to see some success?
4: Oh well, well first of all, I don't believe in the last thing you just said. I don't like, either. Like. Yeah, I mean the whole tank for fill in the blank, or right. or you know it used to be tank for Tua.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
4: you know, let's say you wanted Bryce Young, maybe we call it bandages for Bryce. I don't know. I don't know what you'd want to call it. Right. Um, but but you know that's not something I believe in, and that's not something players think about. You right. know, I, we, they could say they do. But the life, I say lifespan, the career span of an NFL player is so short mm-hmm. that the idea that NFL players, now franchises, if you want to believe, not that I'm saying that this one is going to do that, right? but, but if you want to say that other franchises do that, you could maybe make the case that, hey, you know, this guy could play, but we're not going to play him or whatever, maybe. but um, players who are out there, are am thinking that. Derek Carr is not thinking that. Devontae Adams is not thinking that. Josh Jacobs is playing for a contract. And there's a lot of players on this team that have no idea what team they're going to be on next year or what they're going to do next year. Who would have thought three, a week ago that Blake Martinez would have retired today? Right. Um, so all, all of those things. So I, I don't believe that. And on top of that, and this is, I think, the most important one to that question. Yes, they're two and six. What are the likelihoods of uh, playoffs? You know, fans are going to hear that and roll their eyes. Right. What are the likelihoods of them getting to 10 and 7 again? I don't know. But they have absolutely showed that they've been in position to win every football game except the New Orleans game. Yeah. And unfortunately, they lost them. So what's to say that that can't happen in the final nine games of the year? And instead of those going 2 and 6, to say those go 7 and 2. Right. And I don't know what I don't know what nine and eight would be. I don't know, but but I'm just saying they've yeah. been in position with three minutes to play in every game to win every single one except New Orleans. And you know what's to say that, that maybe they just can't get the second half of the season to bounce their way.
2: Right. No, I'm with you, and, and I'm with you on on all of that. As a matter of fact, but you know the thing I've been saying to Raider Nation is, look, those guys in the locker room that have been you know bleeding, sweating, crying, trying to you know trying to uh, uh, you know to, to, to I don't know what the even word is, but just trying to, to maximize their efforts and try to go win games. They need to see uh, some wins. They need to see what they're working yeah. for is paying off. You know what I mean? Like that. That in itself is important. Everything else be damned. But they they need to see some success well, so that they know that they're working for something.
4: This is this is the thing I think sometimes we as fans forget. And and it was actually a moment when I this some uh, this fall where I where I was reminded of a couple of things. Um, that, that come to mind, and it, it happened during the Arizona Cardinals game. Um, I hung around for a while because we were doing our post game, and I was listening to other people, and I was just curious to see what people were doing, and because that's you know one of the most gut wrenching losses probably in Raiders regular season history, if not maybe beyond that. Right. And, and 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 I was downstairs, and I saw where the players were coming out, the players parking lots where I was getting picked up, the whole thing, and and like you feel the emotions with that as well. But the, you know, the ups and downs that a, that a fan lives by, players feel it, but it's different. Because they have to somehow be able to get out and physically be able to have the energy to go back to practice physically and emotionally have the energy to go back and play the next week and all of those things. So that was one thing. But then the other thing that I think we forget about is, as, as, as badly as this feels as a fan base, think about how that feels as the person who's actually failing on the field. Right. Right. And that's got to be worse. (laughs) Yes, I know they're getting paid and in some cases, millions and millions of dollars. So maybe that up to a fan makes you feel differently. But you're the one that it's not working with. And that's got to feel awful. And I think sometimes as fans or broadcasters, or what you forget about that.
2: Yeah. No, we do. Sometimes we just get caught up in our own little bubble, and it's just like, hey, you know, do this, do that, do the other. But, uh, yeah, these guys are affected as well, especially, you know, they're around town and running into people, and they know how, how passionate this fan base is. They hear all the noise regardless. Yeah. You know, players always say and coaches always say, we don't hear anything on the outside. They hear it and they read it yes, all. they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah. They, I don't know if they read it all, but they absolutely
2: know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you. They're on Twitter like we're on Twitter, so they know. They know what's going well, on. So, some of
4: them. Some of us are exiting Twitter, but that's a different story for another conversation. Yes, absolutely.
2: <laughs> you ain't lying. You ain't lying. Well, Jason, uh, when are you headed to town, man? You coming in Saturday night, or you get here Friday night? I
4: am. No, no, no. I'm coming in. I will be there Saturday early this week. My daughter is coming with me. Um, nice. And uh, she's super excited. We're gonna we're gonna see uh, we're gonna see some blue man group Saturday afternoon. Nice. Get some dinner. See Vegas. She's never been. She's super excited. Uh, and then she will be with me at the torch Saturday uh, or Sunday before the game. Uh, she'll be up in the booth with me Sunday during the game, and then, and then we'll hit Vegas Sunday night before uh, coming back home Monday. So we uh, we're going to enjoy it. And uh, and you know me, man, I, the energy and the excitement about what I'm doing is going to be the same whether it's two and six or six and two. It's got to be right. So.
2: Yep. Yep, exactly right. Yep, you and me both, brother. (laughs) You know what I mean? Nobody's tuning in to hear us be all, uh, you know, no energy and no passion and no nothing. No one wants to hear any of that, man. We got to keep it going no matter what. Well, Jason, I appreciate you. I'll see you guys at the Torch uh, on Sunday. I can't wait. Uh, And I can't wait to meet your daughter as well. So uh, I'll see you guys on Sunday. All right, Q. See you too, bud. All right, brother, there he goes. Jason Horowitz, the voice of the silver and black. Raider Nation, if you're going to be at Allegiant Stadium, come to the Torch. Uh, I'll be doing the pregame pregame show before before Eric Allen and JT the Brick have their official pregame show from uh, 11 to 1. Uh, Jason will be there. He'll be on their show as well, so make sure you uh, you come on by and say hi. Uh, meet Jason. He's a real good dude. His uh, family real cool. I met his wife last time. Uh, didn't get to meet his daughter, so I'll get to meet his daughter this time. That'll be really cool. But uh, come on by. Say what's up. Shake his hand. Take a picture with him. Do whatever you want to do. Great. Great guy, great guy, and he's the voice of the silver and black, and he'd love to talk to you. So meet us at the torch. I'll be there at uh, 10 a.m. doing Q's kickoff, the pregame, pregame show, and uh, get there anytime you want and say what's up. We'd love to see you. 2.48 is the time. We'll come back, close out hour number one. It's Rare Nation Radio 920.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 2.52
2: is the time. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll be talking to Kevin Bowen from 107.5, the fan in, in uh, I want to say D.C., and in Indy, talking all things Colts. We'll go to D.C. at 3.30 with A.J. Perez from front office sports. But I threw the question out there. I want I just want to know, at what point in this season did you feel like, you know what, the season's starting to get away from the silver and black? Because I know there's a lot of us out there that believe that they had an opportunity to turn things around. I know Jason Horowitz, who we just talked to, said it started week two with the collapse against the Cardinals and since it was so early in the season, I thought, man, that was awful. They got that out of their system. All right, now it's not going to happen anymore. And then, of course, we saw and we've seen the results the rest of the way. But, you know, with all the transactions that have happened this week, with the loss of Jacksonville on Sunday, I mean, just kind of see the writing on the wall and you know what time it is now. And it's just... It's unfortunate. So, obviously, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago after the Saints game, I called it evaluation season. It is full-fledged evaluation season right now when it comes to the silver and black. We got a text from the 707. I thought we should trade Waller in the offseason to get back into the first round to get a right tackle, specifically Trevor Penning. But that idea was immediately shot down by most people, especially Vinny, who thought it was absurd. And I'll say this, and I th- thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. I, I, I had plenty of people call in and say the same thing. And I had two things about that. One, I didn't think that, the, that Darren Waller would get a first-round pick. Uh, that, was, that, was my first, that was my first initial thought on that. My second thought was, man, this offense has the opportunity to be really good with all those weapons. And I remember I kept saying, you've got to give the three-headed monster an opportunity. You've got to see how at least it looks. You got to at least give them one year. You know, DeVonte Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, what it would look like all out there all healthy together and then of course Josh Jacobs as well. That's that that was me. I can't speak for Vinny, but that's why I shot it down. That's why I didn't think it was a very good idea. I thought that you've got to be able to give these guys an opportunity and when you have Josh McDaniels who is a proven play caller, a proven really good play caller, man it's gonna, it, the offense is going to look fantastic, and all the defense has to do, going back to one of my favorite phrases, is be worth the salt, right? And obviously, that didn't happen offensively. They haven't been healthy. I think they've played together. I think Deshaun Reed tweeted out that they played together like 67 snaps all season, all three of the guys. That's obviously not enough. So it didn't shake out the way that it, it happened in my brain, <laughs> right? My, my brain said it was going to act one way, and then on the field, it played out a whole nother way. You know, it's like a lot of times I'll have a great plan in my head and the execution is not so much. So well, the execution has not been there for the silver and black, but that's why I shot that idea down. I just didn't think it made any sense with the opportunity that they had for the offense. But, again, uh, you know, now – Hindsight is twenty twenty. You can look back and be like, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe that was a good idea. Especially after we even heard the other day that you know the Packers were were calling the Raiders trying to get Waller. But you know, once they give him a contract extension, I, I don't see why they'd want to want to move on from him uh, j- after they just handed him a contract extension. If they were going to do that, they probably should have done that beforehand. But I know, Demond, I know you had your thoughts on it as well that you wanted to touch on real quick.
3: Oh no! Just for just to that specific texter, I'll I'll like even defend Vinny even harder. Where it's just you said it a little bit. You're not getting a first round pick. Also, Trevor Penning, I know it would be a move for the future. He's been hurt for a majority of the season, and when he was playing, he wasn't looking like you know the the second coming of Jonathan Ogden at tackle or anything. <laughs> so it's just you can always say ah oh, shoulda coulda woulda. And I'm not even saying that it would have been a bad thing, but it's it's almost like fantasy booking of hey man, if we would have drafted. Whoever the next player is, that's a Hall of Famer. After our bad first round pick, look where we'd be at now. Right. I don't know. It just, it just makes me mad. It's like, oh, coming at Vinnie like that for what? <laughs> You're not getting a first round pick for Darren Waller.
2: No, that's 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 true. That's truth right there. I don't I don't see that happening either. And and again, like I said, I think and this was just what I. What my feelings were is that there, you know, it didn't make any sense because that three-headed monster needed to have an opportunity to see exactly what it looked like. 2.56 is the time. When we come back, we we'll kick off hour number two of the show. Kevin Bowen from 107.5, the fan. He'll join the show to talk all things Colts and see how they're doing on this Thursday. It's Radio Nation Radio, 920.